going, guys, gals, non-binary pals, and nerds everywhere. Welcome back to Nerd Explosion, the weekly podcast where, based on a monthly topic, we nerd out about whatever we want. I am Cameron. I'm Kate. And we are in the midst of Kingdom Hearts Month. We got about two episodes left after this. I don't know what I'm going to do for those episodes, but, you know, we'll get there when we get there. But, for today's episode, Kate... Last episode, now this is something I cut out of the last episode, you were asking me about the Kingdom Hearts timeline. Yes, because it is convoluted and confusing, and it's like, so I'm looking at this thing that you sent me, there are five games that take place before Kingdom Hearts 1. <laughs> yeah, it's, there's a lot to it, and... Lydia said, she asked me about this last episode, but it's something I cut out of the episode because I was like, you know what? I feel like we could do a whole a whole episode on just that. You know, like a, like a beginner's guide to Kingdom Hearts. The beginner in this case being Kate. It and kind of giving her a crash course on all the different stuff, like, you know, the timeline and then any other questions about stuff she has. So, that's what we're going to do today. But... Before we get into that, new episodes of this podcast come out every Saturday, so you know, do our anyway. Let's get into Kingdom Hearts. Okay, so we start with two games that say same timeline, and then they it says that they take two. They take so this like timeline, quote unquote. I'm assuming is like these two games take the course of two years. Is uh, how I'm reading it. Basically, I mean, how are what are you looking at right now? So right now, the first two games in the same timeline are Kingdom Hearts X and Kingdom Hearts Back Cover. Yeah, so those are the basically Union X or Union Cross, all those type of games. So basically, this is these are like the start of everyone, the earliest in the whole, like you know, timeline plot wise. And basically this is what is known as the age of fairy tales. And back then there was these five people called the foretellers. I don't remember their names at all. And they were kind of led by this person called the master masters who themselves had an apprentice named Lushu. And the master masters is basically, he's in possession of this book of prophecies that's basically foretells everything that's gonna happen in the future like it has everything like laid out you know okay and so he gets everything together because he he sees the keyblade war that's about to happen so he gets the foretellers together and he's like hey this is what's gonna happen prepare yourselves you know for this stuff so he basically tells everybody to get their unions together which is you know a group of keyblade wielders and for Lush in Lushu's case he actually sets him aside and gives him not only his own separate T-Blade, but because the whole, the whole thing with the Master of Masters now, I don't know if you heard of the Keyblade or the X-Blade. Mm-hmm. So the Master of Masters is basically researching that and knows that, you know, that's in a form or whatever. And so basically he's telling the foretellers to prepare for that. And he looks at Lucio and he's like, hey, I got something different for you. Gives him uh, his own, like, a, a special keyblade called No Name, which has the Master Master's own eye in the in the top of it. Like a dazing eye. And the reason for that is 
you know, whoever wields that Keyblade lets the Master Masters continue to see events throughout history. And he also... That's a lot more gruesome than I was expecting it to be. He also gives Lushu this black box that nobody knows what's in it yet. Like, nobody... It's not been explained what's in it yet, but the Master Masters and Lushu are the only ones that know what's in this box. Ah. So, basically, what happens is the Four Towers are having a meeting... One of them discovers that there are, like, dark creatures called, you know, the earliest case of the Dream Eaters, which we see in Dream Drop Distance. And they, like, a lot of different stuff happens, and the foretellers start to realize that one of them might be a traitor. So, that's essentially what starts the Keyblade War. So, and a lot of, a lot of Keyblade wielders kind of, you know, die out in this war. And I'm assuming that that's the Keyblade graveyard that we see in... Yes, because okay. one of the things that happens is uh, one of the one of the foretellers, instead of fighting in the Keyblade War, instead has her union go out to all the different worlds to protect them from what's going to happen. And essentially, with the fallout of this is that a lot of the worlds kind of split up. So, like, there used to be just one world with a bunch of stuff, and then it all split into different worlds. One of the worlds being the Keyblade Graveyard. So, yeah, there was all, there was all that. Then, uh, I guess, yeah, that's ba- the basic for, uh, like, the Union X, Union Cross, back over. So, then that, those two run directly into Union Cross, which takes place three to six months later. Union Cross, so, I mean, Union Cross is kind of the same story, but also a lot of that, it goes into separate stuff like there's a lot of stuff with your like the character you play as in uh in unicross there's a lot of just kind of characters that pop up that we see later down the line okay and that's basically all to it there's just unicross is just kind of added to that story so then hundreds of years later and over a four-year period we have union cross dark road dark road so it basically takes place kind of after the unicross the back over cross games but not like too long after and it basically goes follows the story of a young xehanort and we kind of learn his whole deal because uh xehanort as a boy was on destiny islands at one point and was approached by uh ansem is you know who we find out later was xehanort's heartless who had traveled back in time to talk to a young Xehanort and tell him, like, hey, this is what's going to happen. Uh, you're going to form this organization, you know, get this stuff together. And also, I'm going to give you the ability to time travel. So, we, you know, that kind of plays in later down the line. But Dark Road then kind of goes on to, like, explain more of, like, when he came back from doing all the time traveling and started messing around in the future or whatever. So, young Xehanort came back forgot everything that he did while time traveling because that was the that was the crux of it mm-hmm. and but he kept in mind the whole like idea of a keyblade so he trained to be a keyblade with his friend uh Ericus. and that's basically what dark road covers okay so then 30 plus years later we are introduced to birth by sleep that takes place over a two to four month timeline so, birthplace sleep, by then, this is... So, during this time, at, at some point, Xehanort and Eric just kind of come to a disagreement. Mm-hmm. Whereas, 
Ericus believes that light should rule all, you know, all. Mm-hmm. Xanor believes that, you know, darkness is needed to balance it out. Or he believes that, you know, darkness should be, you know, just as important as light to balance it out. Gotta say, hearing that, can't say I disagree with Xanor. Yeah, I mean, it's, he's got a valid point. Like good he's a cannot, dick, but he's got a valid point. Well, I mean, he 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 does because good cannot exist without evil, right? So Basically. darkness cannot exist without light, and vice versa. Mm-hmm. So, so the way he went about it seems a little suspect, but so a little bit before the events of Birthplace Sleep, Xehanort tries to do that, and you know tries to do the whole thing with darkness, and he learns about you know Ventus. So Ventus comes from you know Union Cross. I. I still don't know how that whole thing works. I have to watch more videos on that. How he was, you know, there back then, but then is still a boy by the events of Birthplace Sleep. But basically, what well, Xehanort... Ventus is a nobody, isn't he? Or a Heartless? You're thinking of... I think you're thinking of Roxas. No, Ventus was you're his right own... Ventus was his own person. So, a little bit before the events of Birthplace Sleep, it, and it's it's shown in Birthplace Sleep... Xehanort tried to fulfill his whole, like, darkness should, you know, conquer or whatever by confronting Ventus and trying to turn, you know, basically trying to turn him into, you know, trying to ignore him. And when he realizes, you know, so Xehanort tries to house himself in Ventus as, like, a vessel to, you know, do his dirty work. Sure. And he realizes that Ventus is too weak to do what he needs to do. So instead, he strips the darkness out of him and creates Vanitas. Got it. Okay. So by stripping the darkness out, darkness out, it also kind of puts him in a like a weird state. So then Xanor brings Ventus to uh, Destiny Islands for him to essentially just to leave him for dead. But around this time, a little baby is born. Let me guess. Sora. Yes. So, for some reason, Sora being born keeps Ventus from dying. Okay, so timeline-wise, that makes sense then, because we go right from birth by sleep, which takes two to four months, and ten years later into KH1. Well, there's more to birth by sleep. (laughs) Oh, for God's sake. So, after that whole thing of preventing Ventus from dying, he then ends up in uh, the Land of Departure, where Ventus meets Terra and Aqua. And then, you know... Eventually, we get the ma- the mark of mastery exam between Terra and Aqua, mm-hmm. and at this point, because I told you, you remember Xehanort wanted to use Ventus as like a vessel. Yeah, he kind of had the same Horcrux deal that Voldemort had. Yeah, so Ventus didn't work out, and he gets there and realizes, oh, Terra could be a suitable, you know, vessel. So mm-hmm. during the events of Birth by Sleep, Xehanort kind of influences Terra and basically tricks him into trying to become a vessel. And when he realizes that, you know, Ericus realizes that Xehanort is also trying to uh, use Ventus to form the X-Blade. Mm-hmm. Uh, Ericus goes on the thing of, like, he confronts Ventus and he's like, I have to I have to kill you to prevent this from happening. But all Terra, you know, Terra comes back at just the right moment. All he sees is his master trying to kill his friend Ventus. Mm-hmm. So under... Xehanort's influence, he ends up accidentally killing Ericus. And then he's so distraught by it that he meets up with Aqua and Ventus in the Keyblade Graveyard to finally confront Xehanort. Mm-hmm. 
So then, you know, they battle, whatever, and Terra, he kind of gets caught by Xehanort, and he gets, basically, Xehanort takes over his body and forming Terranort. Yeah. And Ventus fights Venetus, but ends up kind of losing, forms with Venetus to form the X-Blade. And then Aqua has to fight this new, newly formed Ventus-Venetus combo to basically destroy, you know, free Ventus while also destroying the X-Blade. Okay. So, Aqua then takes Ventus to, well, Aqua along with Mickey Mouse, because he showed up, you know, at some point (laughs) during this whole thing. Because it wouldn't be a Kingdom Hearts without King Mickey. So, Aqua takes Ventus to Master Yen Sid and is like, hey, what do I do? And ultimately, she ends up taking, because the land of departure now, where they had trained before, mm-hmm. is now taken over by darkness. So, or Can't is starting to be taken over by darkness. So then Aqua brings Ventus back there, sits him on a chair, and then seals, uses her power that... Master Ericus had told her before, like, hey, if anything should happen, you know, seal this place, hide it. Yeah. So she uses her T-Blade, or Ericus's T-Blade, because she has that now. She seals the Land of Departure away and turns the castle into Castle Oblivion. Okay. So then she, you know, she's like, all right, Ventus is safe. I'm going to go handle Terra, who is now Terranort. Mm. Battles him and... And or like he's about to fall to darkness, both Terra's body and like Xehanort. So in order to try to save Terra, she sacrifices herself to the realm of darkness in order to save, essentially save Terra. And what's happening with Terra's heart is that he and Xehanort are in there kind of bowing over control. Mm. But when she sends it back to the realm of light, Xehanort and Terra's body loses memory and this this person now refers to him as refers to themselves as Xehanort. So it's Xehanort in Terra's body, essentially. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. And then, I mean, I don't know if it included Fragmentary Passage on there, but Fragmentary Passage kind of explains, you know, it does a little bit of, like, Aqua's journey through the Realm of Light and basically realizing that she needs to do what she can to try to save Aqua and Terra. So, I think there's other stuff, but it kind of plays in at the same time as something else. So, uh, moving on to the next one. After Birth by Sleep. So, 10 years after Birth by Sleep is Kingdom Hearts 1, which Hmm. takes place over two to four months. Oh. So, I mean, little... So, rewinding a little bit with Ventus. But also overlaps. Nope, just kidding. Never mind. So, a little bit before, so kind of going back to Birth by Sleep a little bit, uh, Ventus's heart is in a in a deep sleep, but protected, because it found solace in Sora's heart, because during the events of Birth by Sleep, Sora and Ritu are little boys. Right. And Ventus's heart for somehow finds a connection with Sora. Mm-hmm. So, Ventus's heart and everything is, you know, basically keeping itself inside Sora to stay safe. So then we go on to Kingdom Hearts 1. <laughs> so Kingdom Hearts 1, obviously, you know, it focuses on Sora and stuff, and basically him, Ritu, and Kairi are on Destiny Islands, and they're like, hey, let's go on an adventure, ha 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 But, oh, 
kind of going back to Birthplace Sleep. Oh my god. But this is related to Kingdom Hearts 1. So during the events of Birthplace Sleep, Aqua and, both Aqua and Terra visit Destiny Islands at mm-hmm. one point, and they both run into Ritu and Sora. Mm-hmm. Uh, Terra has a little thing with Ritu and does a little ceremony to basically bequeath him the T-Blade and make him like worthy of a T-Blade, make him a T-Blade wielder. Because he originally was supposed to be a Keyblade wielder, but because he still had darkness in him and went to Sora. Yeah. And then, also to note, Aqua went to Radiant Garden. Well, she she was going to do the same thing with Ritu, but she sensed that Terra already did it. So she turned to Sora and like, hey, do what you can to protect him. Mm-hmm. So, but she does end up making Kyrie, you know, a Keyblade wielder kind of by accident. Because she runs into a young Kyrie at Radiant Garden, mm-hmm. and Kyrie ends up, at, you know, touching the handle of her Keyblade, which starts the whole like connection. Mm-hmm. So yes, and by this point, it's good to note that both Kyrie and Ritu are basically went through the thing, and Sora just kind of got everything by default. <laughs> he got he got Ritu's Keyblade by default because. He was yeah. the Ron Stoppable of the group. <laughs> Basically. <laughs> so, throughout the whole event, you know, at the same at the same time, uh, Mickey, who returned to his world, and still, I don't know how they, you know, how he's chained or whatever, but whatever. So, at this point, uh, Mickey had talked with Yensid, and it's like, hey, there's a lot of shit going down with Xehanort and Heartless, because at this point, uh, Xehanort, you know, had uh, basically created his heartless Ansem, right? Right. And Ansem had, had used his power to create the heartless and basically taken over, started taking over different worlds. Right. And that's what happens with Destiny Islands. You know, they get sucked into the darkness and both Kyrie. So Kyrie, you know, Sora went to the, the secret place in Destiny Islands and found Kyrie. And the door in the secret place blasted open because it's a door to the realm of darkness. Mm-hmm. Basically, with that, Kyrie's heart found an, a place in Sora too. So at this point, Sora has both Kyrie and Ventus's heart in him. Right. So, yeah, you know, you go out through different worlds. As at the same time, Mickey is investigating what's going on, so he instructs Donald and Goofy to find the T-Blade wielder. And they meet up in Traverse Town, and basically Donald and Goofy see that Sora can use the T-Blade to seal T-Holes. So they're like, hey, let's go to all these different worlds that the Heartless are kind of fucking up and seal the T-Holes. While at the same time, Ritu ends up uh, in the presence of Maleficent. Mm -hmm. And Maleficent basically, along with, you know, Ansem, kind of influences Ritu and be like, yeah, see, Sora doesn't think you're important anymore. Look at it. He's got new friends now. Mm-hmm. So basically turns... Just some gaslighty manipulative shit. Basically does that in an effort to have Ansem possess Ritu eventually. Right. Because, you know, along the adventures, eventually Ritu does find Kairi, but obviously Kairi doesn't have a heart, so she's just kind of there. A husk. Kind of a husk, yeah. So, eventually, Ansem is able to take over Ritu's body, and we find that out once Sora, Donald, and Goofy reach Halabastion. So, Ansem finally, you know, reveals himself, and basically, so he sees that the seven princesses of heart are there, 
to form Kingdom Hearts. Now the reason that there are seven princesses of heart is because back in Birth by Sleep when the Keyblade was shattered, mm -hmm. it formed uh it formed twenty pieces. It shattered into twenty pieces. Uh seven of light and thirteen dark. The seven princesses of heart in organization thirteen. Yes. Well, there's no organization kinda yet. There is kinda because in the background, you know, Xehanort's nobody, Xemnas is kind of working on that. Mm -hmm. But that doesn't come into importance until later. So the seven princes of heart are protected by those, you know, seven shards of light or whatever. Right. So anyway, Ansabritu tells Sora, like, hey, you know, Kyrie's a princess and we need, you know, she's the last princess of heart. We need to, you know, open Kingdom Hearts or whatever. And Sora realizes that the only way to free Kyrie is to free her heart from him. Mm -hmm. Because he finds out that Kyrie's heart is inside him. So he uses uh, Ansabriku's T-Blade to free, basically free his heart and Kyrie's heart. So Kyrie's heart, you know, returns to her. She becomes whole. And Sora ends up becoming a heartless one of the little creatures. Mm -hmm. But he's still able to retain, like, his personality. He's not, like, just a mindless darkness creature. Mm -hmm. And Kyrie somehow is able to recognize Sora as a heartless and return him to his normal form. I say somehow because even the Wikipedia doesn't explain it. Because she just, like, does it. Yeah, she just does it because they're surrounded by other heartless and they're you got sore heartless just kind of standing there just staring and as the other heartless about to you know attack them so Kyrie's just like Sora and then hugs this little this little heartless and turns back into Sora maybe she knew it was him because he was just standing around like a fucking bum <laughs> while everybody else was just going to standing work standing there I mean Donald was ready to whoop his ass because <laughs> Donald, Donald didn't know any better <laughs> Donald straight up squared up <laughs> he was ready. So, with Sora back in his normal form and Kyrie safe, <coughs> she, uh, so Sora goes on to basically deal with Ansem, goes yeah. to the end of the world, and basically he ends up in uh, the destroyed version of Destiny Islands, and they fight Ansem, and, you know, they end up in the realm of darkness, and and Ansem is like, oh, well, here's the door to Kingdom Hearts. I'm going to absorb all the darkness or whatever. But there's a bunch of different, a bunch of light and stuff that was trapped in the door. Mm -hmm. So as soon as it opens, Ansem is like, no, uh, the light, uh, it burns. Uh, what a cruel world. What a cruel world. <laughs> but we find out that that door, which they think is Kingdom Hearts, is actually a door to the realm of darkness. So they decide like, oh, we got to close this door. You know, Sora, Donald, and Doofy realize you gotta close this door. And then on the other side, Ritu pops up in his, his normal form. He's back to normal Ritu. Because mm -hmm. he's not possessed anymore. And he's like, hey, we're gonna close this together. In the background, you see a bunch of Heartless pop up. But, and this is where part of Fragmentary Passage comes into play. You know, before they attack, Aqua, who had already been in the Realm of Darkness at this point, uh, ends up defeating the Heartless. Mm -hmm. basically keeping Ritu safe or distracting the Heartless so that Ritu can close the door. Well, Aqua and Mickey are kind of exploring and then, so at one point in Fremitary Passage, Aqua and Mickey are exploring and they come to the that area with the door. Yeah. And in the distance they see, they see Ritu running towards the door. 
and then they see the Heartless pop up. So basically, Aqua distracts a bunch of Heartless while Riku goes to close the door. Mm-hmm. And she gets dragged out back to the darkness version of Destiny Islands, whereas Mickey is, you know, pops up like he does at the end of Kingdom Hearts 1 and says, hey, let's seal the door for good. Mm-hmm. So that's basically where that, because that's, that's what I like about Framatory Passage. The end of that game kind of ties into the events of both, of the end of Kingdom Hearts 1. Right. So basically, Aqua is the reason that Ritu was able to safely close the door with Sora at the end of, uh, at the end of 1. So, they close the door, Sora, Donald and Goofy are still trapped in the realm of darkness, and there's a part where Sora's able to slightly, you know, very briefly communicate with Kyrie, who's on Destiny Islands, and is like, hey, like, we gotta go find the king, I promise I'll come back to you. Mm-hmm. So then they go off to find the king. And that's Kingdom Hearts 1. So then we go into... <clears throat> Three hundred and fifty-eight over two days, which, according to this, looks like it overlaps with Chain of Memories, and both of those take about a year. Yeah, so three hundred fifty-eight over two days takes place kind of slightly after Chain of Memories one, and also during the same time as Chain of Memories. So, because the the games focus on different groups of people, but those things are happening at the same time, right? Yes. So, basically, after Kingdom Hearts 1, just remember when Sora freed his heart. Mm-hmm. So, basically, you know, he became heartless. And he also created... Well, he created two nobodies. Kind of. We'll get to the other nobody in a second. But the most important nobody that he created was Roxas. Roxas who, the bestest boy. Who woke up in Twilight Town. And then Xemnas came along and found him. And was like, you know, here's here's your here's your name. You're part of the organization now. Mm-hmm. So, brings him into the organization, and Roxas quickly forms a friendship with Axel. And then, at some point, they bring another member into the organization named Shion. Mm-hmm. And, you know, they, they pal around or whatever, and Shion quickly finds out that her existence is basically a lie. Right. I, th- I think it's at this point in 350 over two days that chain of memory, the events of Chain of Memories kind of happen. Because different organization members were tasked with going to Castle Oblivion to deal with Sora and Ritu. Right. So, yeah, these events are kind of happening at the same time. Um, so, I guess then, you know, going into Chain of Memories, before I go further with 350 over two days, because 350 over two days is weird because it takes place before, during, and a little after uh, Chain of Memories. Right. So, obviously, during Chain of Memories, the organization... Are dealing with Sora and Ritu. Sora, Donald, and Doofy end up in Castle Oblivion. They start to lose their memories because the other nobody that Sora formed, Namine, was captured by the organization and basically forced to make Sora forget. Basically, she draws up stuff and replaces his memories with fake ones. Right. And the the main ruler or the main boss in this is Marluxia. Marluxia's was tasked by uh, Xemnas to basically, you know, try to turn Sora over to the organization. And obviously that doesn't work out. Uh, Sora battles through the castle, basically defeats Marluxia, and meets up with Nominee. And Nominee's like, hey, 
I'm sorry I took away your memories. I can restore them, but you have to sleep for a while and you're going to forget everything that happened here. And Sora's like, okay. And they're like, but I promise we'll meet again someday. Oh, you hopeless optimist. Meanwhile, Riku also ends up in Castle Oblivion, but he starts at the top and goes down. Mm Mm-hmm. And eventually he meets up with Naminé too, and, you know, in the same room with Sora sleeping in the pod. And Naminé is just like, oh, you're dealing with this darkness. I can use my power to basically purge the darkness from you. And Riku is just like, nah, I'm good. No, thanks, fam. Because he basically goes on a journey to either to try to suppress the darkness. Mm-hmm. And he and Mickey, along with Mickey, go off to on their search for aqua basically so right. and then three to fifty over two days so as as soon as Sora goes into that pod at the same time Roxas is goes into a, like a coma for like weeks yeah for like a few weeks and during this whole time so the whole thing with what Xion's business is is she was created as a failsafe in case Zemnus's plan with Roxas didn't work out. Right. So she was like a backup. Yeah. So basically it's really implied into her that she wasn't supposed to exist in the first place. And the thing about Xion is she also takes on kind of the look of whoever that person is connected to. Mm-hmm. Like for the most part, she kind of has Sora's face or whatever. Mm-hmm. But there's a thing later where I guess like Zidbar fights her and Zidbar to her, to Zidbar she kind of looks like Ventus. Because they were they were buddies. Well, no, Zidbar ran into Ventus back in Birth by Sleep. Oh right, right, right. okay. Uh, fun fact: actually, in Birth by Sleep, Ventus in Radiant Garden runs into a young Lee and Isa, who eventually become Axel and Syax. Hmm. From the organization. So that's how Ventus. So Ventus is gonna know who Lee is or Axel. So keep that in mind. <laughs> so then with three hundred fifty over two days, basically, uh, Shion eventually, you know, once Roxas wakes up, he has no memory of basically anything, mm-hmm. and Shion basically finds out that she's not supposed to exist, and they're gonna use her to try to. Uh, like finish off Sora to use for their own team so Xion's not gonna let that happen but she realizes the only way she can do that is to have Roxas kill her basically right so she basically tricks Roxas into fighting her mm-hmm. and as as she's fading away she's like go help Sora and then Roxas gains all his memories back and so during this he comes up across Axel and he's like why didn't you tell me anything about Xion and he's like, I wanted to protect you. And that's when Roxas leaves the organization. So he does on this whole thing of basically, uh, uh, you know, he deflected from the organization, but the organization is still after him. So at this point, Ansem the Wise, who is different than the Xehanort Ansem. <laughs> I know, that's, <laughs> that's a whole confusing thing too. So there's, there's Ansem the Wise and then just Ansem. Who is secretly Xehanort? Ansem. So Ansem the Wise was a like a professor that did, was doing a bunch of, bunch of research that right. Terranort ended up kind of working for during the events of Birthplace Sleep or at the end of Birthplace Sleep. 
So Ansem the Wise realizes that the organization is going to try to find Roxas any way they can. Mm-hmm. So if well, first he disguises himself as Diz, so that you know basically he can't be found out by the organization. He can kind of hide himself. And then after that, he was like, "Jacuse, <laughs> it was me the whole time." Yeah. So Ansem the Wise basically he. Captures Roxas, mm-hmm. digitizes him, and places him in a digital, like a data version of Twilight Town. I remember you. I, I remember that. Okay. So that's kind of where 358 over two days kind of ends with that whole thing. So then immediately, seven days after that, we go into Kingdom Hearts 2. Kingdom Hearts. So Kingdom Hearts 2 kind of picks right up off of that. Yeah. Like you're, like you start off the game as Roxas in this fake version of Twilight Town. And that's a three to six month timeline. Yeah. So Roxas has no memory of anything that happened to him. Mm-hmm. All he knows is like, hey, I'm friends with Hainer, Pence, and Olin, and I'm enjoying my summer vacation. Ha ha. But Sitting then, on top of the roofs, eating ice cream. But at the same time, while, you know, Sora's memories are being, you know, rep- basically repaired mm-hmm. so Roxas starts having memories mm-hmm. starts having Sora's memories so he later finds out eventually you know Diz eventually so hold on pause so Sora created Roxas yes essentially right so yeah. does that mean that because Roxas is a product of Sora that they're connected and yes. is that why he's getting Sora's memories? Yeah, because basically, because Sora's I know that sounds like a dumb question, but I literally, I know nothing about this franchise. Because Sora's not technically alive, I guess, Roxas is free to run around, but because Sora's memories Sora's, is coming back. Because it's, Sora's technically like comatose at this point still, right? Yeah. In his little pod. Because Sora's memories are coming back, Roxas is, you know, getting that information fed through him. Okay. I don't think I explained how Nominee was nobody, did I? Not in this, but you have to me in the past. I know how she... So, when Sora freed his heart, basically he created two nobodies mm-hmm. after freeing Kyrie's heart. You know, Kyrie got her heart back, but also somehow, you know, a nobody was formed that, from that too, which was Naminé. Right. So, during the beginning of Kingdom Hearts 2... Unlike the Hamburglar, she stole all his memories. At some point in Kingdom Hearts 2, uh, in the beginning, Diz shows up and is like, hey, you got a complete... Uh, you got to complete Sora, and then Axel shows up at the same time, being like, hey, like, I don't want to do this, but Xemnas, you know, I got to get you back to the organization, or I'm going to get, you know, I'm going to get myrtleized. So. I'm going to get unalived. Axel was trying to bring Roxas back to the organization, whereas Diz is like, hey, you got to go, you know, find Sora and recomplete him. Mm-hmm. Because Roxas is the last thing, the piece they need to complete Sora. He's like the last Horcrux. Yeah. So, eventually, uh, Roxas comes across Nabine, and Nabine kind of helps explain things a little further. Mm-hmm. Like, hey, like you were a nobody. You were... Basically, you need, are needed to complete Sora. And Roxas is kind of dealing with an identity crisis because he's like, I'm going to be my own person. And... Uh, Diz kind of comes along and is like, hey, you're telling him too much. And now when he's like, no, Roxas, we'll be in a dealer someday. Blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. So, uh, Roxas ends up finding, getting to, finds, finds the mansion in Twilight Town. 
gets to the basement and ends up coming to the the real world, mm-hmm. the real version of Twilight Town. But before he can find find Sora, he runs into Axel and they do battle. But because so this is where it gets a little weird. Roxas is able to because wield... it hasn't been weird up to this point, <laughs> right? So Roxas is able to wield two T blades because of both his connection to Sora and Sora's connection to Ventus. Is that why all three of them look identical? Basically. That's why Roxas and Ventus look identical. Because, you know, they're interconnected. But Roxas is able to wield two keyblades uh, because of his connection to Sora and Ventus. Or his connection to Sora and Sora's connection to Ventus. So it's like a soul triangle, if you will. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Best way to explain it. So then... Uh, after fighting Axel and Axel kind of retreats, mm-hmm. he finds Donald and Goofy in the pods and then comes across Sora, but then Diz kind of confronts him and is like, hey, you're blah, 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 blah. And he's like, fuck you, old man. Yeah, I'm sure he says those exact words. But then Diz disappears and then he, Roxas ends up coming up to Sora's pod and that's when we have the, looks like my summer vacation is over line. So then... With Roxas basically giving up his heart to Sora, Sora is now recompleted, his memories are back, and he awakes. And we get the real start of Kingdom Hearts 2 after three hours. Honestly? <laughs> you following? You following so Sur- far? Surprisingly, yes. But only because... Are you listeners following at this point? I wonder how many people clicked off the episode already. They were like, that's too much. That's too much lore. I can't do it. Um, Fuck this. I'm following only because I've watched you play the game so many times that, yeah, I'm that wife. I don't play video games. Well, I do. You don't play. You just pay attention. But I I prefer to watch him play mostly because that's more entertaining for me. Also, side note, Mochi, can you get your paw out of my nuts? Leave him. He's seeping. Right now, my cat Moji is nestled in my lap. It's pretty cute. Um, But I'm kind of following because I can picture what's happening in my head because I've watched you play the games. Yeah. And I'm not going to lie to you. When Roxas sacrificed himself to make Sora whole again. Yeah, where he was like, you're lucky, Sora. Looks like my summer vacation is over. I fucking bawled. <laughs> I was like... He just wants to be a boy! I literally, I think I turned to you at one point and I was like, he just wants to be a person. <laughs> like, I, was, I was so sad. Because, like, Roxas is just genuinely such a happy dude. Like, he's just... He was chilling. I mean, he was eating ice cream, he was hanging out with his friends on top of roofs, like... And then he's like, wait a minute, I'm not supposed to exist. And then he has a whole existential crisis, and then... <laughs> so, so we're on Kingdom Hearts 2, right? Sora's now awake. Yeah. And he has, he still has no memory of the stuff that happened in Chain of Memories. He has no mm-hmm. memory of Castle Oblivion. Right. But a key thing to note from Chain of Memories is before they he went into the pod, Jiminy Cricket, who had been basically chronicling the adventures up to this point... Mm-hmm. Uh, left a note in the journal that just said thank nomine so even if they forget they'll have that note to kind of clue them in mm-hmm. so then we 
with Kingdom Hearts 2. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> eh. Anyway, oh, okay. I, lo- I regained my train of thought. So, kind of rewinding again. Uh, during Third and Friday over two days, Riku also kind of came into play with Xion and basically said, like, hey, you need to die so that Sora could be completed. Right. And during this whole thing, <clears throat> Ritu has a blindfold on because it's his way of keeping the darkness in him contained. Mm-hmm. And there's another point where he confronts Roxas. And that's kind of how they get him into the data version of Twilight Town in the first place. Because Ritu battles him and kind of knocks him out. And Diz and Ritu kind of, you know, put him into the, the data version of this. But at this point, <clears throat> Ritu has... Uh, Basically, you know, let his darkness, he had to use his darkness to defeat Roxas. Mm-hmm. And his full darkness power kind of changed his form to resemble Ansem, the Ansem from Kingdom Hearts 1. Like the, the Xehanort Ansem. The Xehanort Ansem, sure. But he's still Ritu at his core. He just looks like Ansem. So during this whole thing, he, you know, he's running around and he looks like Ansem, basically. Mm-hmm. So with Kingdom Hearts 2, we find out about, he comes... So, Sora, Donald Doofy, reads Yen Sid, and is like, hey, you know, there are nobodies in Xemnas, you know, go take care of this. And Sora's like, okay. So, go throughout the worlds, you defeat the organization members. <clears throat> During this whole thing, <clears> Tyree <throat> has also, I need water, God. I got my, my red uh, tumbler, you want a sip? Yeah, uh, let me, I, I, I don't know if I can get up. Uh, reach, reach, reach. Uh, uh, I'm reaching. I got little T Rex uh, arms. I'll never let go, Jack. Mochi's giving you gargoyle ears. Now he won't like that. <clears throat> Pause for a second. Oh. Gross. The price tag sticker <clears throat> is still on the bottom. I have to peel that off. <clears throat> okay, so. <clears throat> God damn it. Okay, so Kingdom Hearts 2. Yep. <laughs> Which is crazy that we're only on Kingdom Hearts 2, considering that we've gone over... How many games so far? Nine fucking games. And we're only on two. And we're only on two. So and we still have four more to go. During the events of Kingdom Hearts 2, Kyrie has kind of forgotten about Sora, but then is also like reminded of Sora when Roxas does his whole thing to try to you know, find Sora. Yeah. So she writes in dough and sends it off in a bottle, which comes into play later. And during these whole events, Axel ends up finding finding Tyree and is like, hey, you know, come with me. Mm-hmm. And ultimately, Tyree's captured by the organization. And eventually, Namine pops up somehow to basically free her. So Sora's going out throughout these whole thing, you know, all these worlds, uh, basically undoing what the organization has done. There's a whole battle with a thousand heartless in uh, Hollow Bastion, which the Final Fantasy characters from the previous game have formed a restoration committee to basically turn Hollow Bastion back into Radiant Garden. Right. So eventually. They reach uh, the world that never was by going through this portal, and Axel at one point ends up helping out Sora because Axel is like 
fuck these guys. And uh, so Axel kind of sacrifices himself to let Sora progress to the world that never was, which is basically the where the organization HQ is. HQ. Uh, at this point, he comes across. He meets up again with Kyrie and uh, and or, you know Ritu, but he doesn't recognize him at first. But the Sora's just like, "Oh, it is you, Ritu." Uh, well, the whole time their uh, organization. Now their goal in this whole thing is to gather hearts to form Kingdom Hearts and basically use those hearts to recomplete themselves. Right. Because they're trying to become people again instead of being nobodies, but they're doing it. They're the methods they're using are you know the wrong ways. Right. So during this, uh, like great the, plan, bad execution kind of thing. So Diz takes off his disguise, uh, reveal himself as Anson the Wise again, sets up this thing to basically punch a hole in Kingdom Hearts to put a stop or for, kind of throw a wrench in Xemnas' plan. Mm-hmm. But the thing he uses kind of ends up backfiring and blowing up, not killing him. You know, he just kind of disappears for a while. Sure. Uh, the light, the explosion from that lets off so much light that it actually purifies Riku and he turns back into his, you know, his normal self. Mm-hmm. Uh, during, the, you know, Sora and Riku and them go out through, throughout the world that never was, taking out the rest of the members until we get to Xemnas. And then, you know, they fight Xemnas once and he kind of disappears through a door. He retreats and they try to go after him. But before that, uh, Sora and Re- or Sora and Kairi have a interaction with Roxas and Namine, who are now, you know, just kind of spirits or whatever. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, they're represented in spirit form, but it's just they're in their they're in their hearts and yeah, they have an interaction. They realize, oh, Roxas is safe with Sora, Namine is safe with Kairi. So they try to go through Stop, this. Stop! That's gonna make me cry. <laughs> So there's this uh, little corridor of darkness, they call it, which mm. is basically a portal that lets them go places that Namine is somehow able to open. So they all try to go through, but Sora and Ritu end up getting trapped because the door closes prematurely by Xemnas. Oh, who, what a dick. <laughs> so they kind of face off with him one last time, which, mm-hmm. side note, is probably my favorite boss battle in, this, in the whole entire series. Just because like, a lot of the quick time events... And the, uh, uh, I'm gonna have to turn the controller off quick because I gotta, I gotta demonstrate this. So, a lot of the, a lot of the boss battle is kind of your typical Kingdom Hearts affair, like you do Davos or Magic or whatever. Mm -hmm. But there's one part when Xemnas is on his last legs Mm -hmm. that he kind of stands back and the whole area goes dark and it's just there's a lot of these red dots like his lasers or whatever mm-hmm. that he shoots and at this point is when you have to mash X and triangle really fast so during the one part like the final part of this whole boss battle you're just sitting there for like a minute straight just <laughs> that is really satisfying actually just the clickety clacks so they defeat Xemnas. It's a meme to say they defeat him with the power of the gay blade. The power of the gay blade. <laughs> so they defeat him, but they're still tra- end up trapped in the realm of darkness. And I've showed you that one cutscene, right, where they're on the beach in the realm of darkness, and Ritu is like, "Put me down. I can walk." 
And then Sora walks away, says something, and then Rito just... Face plants? Yeah. <laughs> you scared him! Sorry, Mochi. So, as they're waiting there in the realm of darkness, the bottle that Tyree, you know, Tyree put a letter in earlier mm-hmm. ends up there somehow. And Sora reads it, and they look up and find a door to light. So, they go through it and end up back in the realm of light in Destiny Islands. Mm-hmm. And they're all like happy or whatever, like da 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 Fuck you. <laughs> so that's two. Yes. Okay, so that's then kind of where two ends, and I for I forget what the whole. So then, in between two and three D, we have coded. Yes. So coded is, and it says overlaps time skip. Because apparently, according to this, there's a year between the events of 2 and then the events of um, Dream Drop Distance. Yeah, so during Coded, uh, Jiminy goes to Mickey and he's like, hey, I want all these journals I've been keeping, you know, I've been logging or whatever. Because he has two journals at this point. The one that was supposed to be the events of 1 and then one from everything that happened in 2. So he goes and he's like, hey, let's put these on a computer to kind of chronicle these. But then he realizes that the first one is blank, with the only thing in it being... Thank nominee. Thank nominee. Okay. And then they find another message in there that says, it's like, the hurting will end when something something mended. So basically, they put that journal into the computer and are trying to figure out what's going on. And that is done by a data version of Sora in the computer going throughout the world somewhere in the journal and kind of restoring them. Mm-hmm. And uh, once he gets, once Data Sora gets to the Castle Oblivion part, a data version of Roxas shows up randomly and kind of kind of fixes the whole, like, hurting will be mended part. So then... Their hurting will be mended when you return to end it. Yes. A so, message given to Jiminy. Yes. There's a road for the taking if you're, if you end our world's aching. Yep. So basically, Data Roxas takes care of the whole like hurting thing. Yeah. Te- teaches him teaches him hurt as he says, and then Data Sora comes across Data Nominee, and there and Nominee kind of explains how Sora's heart. You know, the real Sora, not... Because at this point, Data Sora knows he's Data Sora. Well, because they... So they all know that they're in a simulation. Yeah, and at, at one point, Mickey, uh, Chippendale... me up, yo. Mickey, Chippendale, Donald Doofy, and... Or, you know, Watcher from the Outside, and at Donald one point, they accidentally Bieber. get uh, pulled into the Data World. hmm So, going back to the whole, you know, Data Sora, Data Nominee, Data Nominee is kind of self-aware and is like, hey... Real life view has all these different hearts connected to you. Self aware, like Monica was self aware. Yeah, kind of. Okay. So she explains how uh, Sora's heart is connected to like Ventus, Roxas, Shion. Mm-hmm. Uh, Just how everybody is kind of intertwined together. And also how his heart, not necessarily like trapped in, but is also connected to Aqua Terra and Ventus, because you know as he sees all these different people, also. Those three pop up, Aquan, Terra, and Ventus, mm-hmm. who I don't know if we're supposed to know at that point, because going, like talking about the games by themselves, I don't think Birth by Sleep came out, you know, I don't think Birth by Sleep came out before Retoted. I think it came out after Retoted. Yeah. 
Um, but then, you know, they restore the thing, and then Mickey is like, Mickey talks with Yin Sin and is like, hey, there's Ansem running around, there's, you know, Xemnas running around, or Xemnas and Ansem were defeated, but then they realize, like, hey, Xehanort may be trying something in the background. So they come up with a plan, or Yen Sin is like, I think Sora and Riku need to take their mark of mastery. So Mickey writes a letter to basically all three of them, Sora, Kairi, Riku, mm-hmm. and is like, hey, this is what needs to happen. Like, this is, you know, your journey's not over yet, which ties into the end of Kingdom Hearts 2, because that was a little teaser for, like, recoded, or teaser for Dream Drop Distance. Because the bottle washes up. There's an end credit scene where a bottle washes up on Sora. And, and it's Kyrie from brings, Mickey. Yeah, Kyrie brings it to Sora and Ritu and they all read it and it explains to them, like, what's going on. Mm-hmm. So that goes into Dream Job Distance. Which takes place a one week to one month. Dream Job Distance. So yep. this is kind of where Yun Zaynart, just remember I told you back, back then with Dark Road, how, you know, the heartless Ansem told him about time travel. Yeah. So this is basically what Yun Zaynor, this is the time that Yun Zaynor time traveled to and mm-hmm. did all his different stuff. So Sora and Ritu are told by Yun Zaynor to take their mark of mastery, which involves going to different sleeping worlds that were not, that were free of darkness, but not fully restored. Okay. So they have basically have to go into like a dream state or whatever. Sora goes into the super worlds. He goes into, you know, his dreams or whatever. But Riku unknowingly goes into Sora's dreams. Oh. Because Sora has, Sora's outfit has an X on it, which was put there secretly by the organization so they could track him. Mm-hmm. So Sora goes into these worlds, but Riku goes into Sora's dreams of these worlds. Okay. Like, they're going to the same worlds, but... Riku, like, so you run into the, the dream eaters or whatever, mm-hmm. that some of them can help you. Riku basically ends up being Sora's dream eater. Oh, okay. So they go throughout these different worlds, and eventually Sora ends up back in the real world, but he ends up in the world that never was. And he comes across Zidbar, who kind of explains the whole thing of, like, hey... Basically, we're going to use you, you know, Xehanort wants to use you to f- reform real, the real Organization 13. Right. Which, basically, the real Organization is replacing, it's him, uh, Ansem, Xehanort, or it's Xehanort, Ansem, Xemnas, Zidbar, and uh, we find out later, Syax. Okay. But there's other... Husks, basically, in the organization that Xehanort is trying to fill with other people and put part of his heart in. You know, go the Voldemort route. Mm-hmm. So, Sora tries to fight Zidbar, but ends up getting uh, knocked out or whatever. Or he ends up, basically, it takes the fight takes a toll on him, and he ends up falling into, like, a deep sleep mm-hmm. or whatever. So then they bring him to, you know, their, their circle of chairs, their circle of ridiculously high or short chairs. Their circle of ridiculously high or short chairs. Is so, that the official title? Sora's there basically unconscious and ready to be norted. Meanwhile, mm-hmm. Ritu eventually ends up in The World Never Was also. But since he's in Sora's dreams, he comes across Sora in like this force field thing mm-hmm. in a deep sleep and he's trying to wake him up. 
But then he comes across this mysterious figure that I don't know if they had ever explained who it actually is supposed to be. But then he gets sucked up by darkness and confronts Ansem. But then he's just like, no, I'm not going to let you try to take over me again. Battles him, defeats him, ends up finding Sora in the, you know, the circle of chairs. And Mickey shows up to help out Riku. But that's why Sora ends up losing his mark of mastery, right? Because he almost got norted. Yeah. So Riku and Mickey try to save Sora, but they get, uh, they basically get held down by both Ansem and Xehanort. Okay. Or not Xehanort, Xemnas. And it's at this point that Xehanort, well, before this, young Xehanort battles Ritu, because old Xehanort hasn't formed completely yet. Mm-hmm. So during young Xehanort's fight with Ritu, uh, regular Xehanort is formed. So Xehanort, along with his Heartless and his Nobody, are, f- you know, fully, full beings now. They're full beings. So, while being... beings, okay. Basically, while being held back, you know, Ritu and Mickey are being held back, and Xemnas is like, it's time for me to bring this bondus, make this kid among us. Mm -hmm. So, he tries to basically steal Sora's heart to Nord him, but just then, Axel... So, it kind of (laughs) backing up, backing up, backing up, at some point in Dream Drop Distance, the people who were defeated in, like, Chain of Memories and stuff, mm-hmm. since they're heartless and nobody were defeated, they wake up as real people again. And that's including Axel. Okay. So then Axel kind of finds out what's going on, ends up, well, first off, saving Minnie at one point, because Minnie gets captured by Maleficent and Pete, mm-hmm. ends up saving them, and then... Axel comes, you know, comes with Mickey and Donald and Goofy to Yensid's tower, and he tells Yensid, "Hey, I want, I want one of them fancy keyblades." <laughs> Let me get them one of them their fancy keyblades. So at the end of the game, Axel, who I guess is now Lee, because that's his his human Given name, his yeah. real boy name, his real boy name. Okay, he, Pinocchio. <laughs> he he saves Sora, and they get out of there because Zaynord is like, "Oh, this is too much jelly for me to handle." This is, this is too much ketchup on my burger. <laughs> There's I put too much ketchup on my burger and I can't go back. And he's like, he's like, my plan will succeed. Not today, but next time. <laughs> oh, get you next time, he man. <laughs> <laughs> so they go back to Yensen's tower. Sora's still out of it. Mm-hmm. And since Riku, you know succeeded in sealing all the keyholes he gained the power of waiting Mm -hmm. so he uses his power of waiting to dive into Sora's heart to basically wake him up now during that whole thing when Sora kind of you know went to a deep sleep and fell to darkness he wasn't completely taken over by darkness because Ventus's heart that's still in him woke up woke up to protect him by putting him in the the armor that he had in birth by sleep Ventus so one once Ritu gets into Sora's heart or whatever, he has to battle a darkness version of that armor. Okay. And he wins. The armor shatters and Sora, you know, is free. Mm-hmm. But it starts to get sucked up by darkness. So Ritu then has to use the power of waiting to, you know, free his heart, basically. And once he comes back, he ends up, Ritu, in a flash of light, Ritu ends up on Destiny Islands. But he comes across the three other people that are connected to Sora. 
Roxas, Ventus, and Shion. Mm-hmm. And then Ansem the Wise pops up and is like, hey, you know, here's a little thing of data that will help everybody out with this whole situation. Also, Sora is fine. You can leave the dream now. And he's like, okay. Goes back out. And when he when he wakes up, he finds that Sora's, you know, alive and well. And then Yitzit is just like, okay, now that all that's settled, Riku, you pass. Sora? Yeah. Which I think is unfair, but whatever. Well, Yin Sid is kind of a dick anyway, so. So, yeah, and then we. So a week after that, we go into Kingdom Hearts 3, which takes a time period of two to four months. So after after Dream Drop Distance, so during Dream Drop Distance, you know, at the end, Sora's just like, you know, congrats for doing, you know, there's one thing I got to do. So he ends up going back to the Twilight, or Traverse Town to say hi to all the, you know, the Dream Eaters he met and mm-hmm. thank them or whatever. And it's during this whole part that at some point, at the end of Dream Drop Distance, Riku and Mickey are surprised to hear that Yen Sid has decided to start training like fully training Kyrie as well as Lee. Mm-hmm. So Kyrie and Lee are now training to be T-Blade wielders. And uh, eventually at some point Sora gets a call from Yen Sid again to because another thing at the end of Dream Drop Distance Sora and Yen Sid or Mickey and Yen Sid end up fully pulling in the plan and like okay Xehanort's really gonna try something so we need to get all these people prepared. We need to find Aqua Terra and Ventus, and we need to deal with this. Mm-hmm. So then that kind of goes into uh, three. Right. So eventually Sora shows up in three, and Yen Sid is just like, you know, because of what happened to you with Xehanort, you've lost a lot of your power, but you, I, you know, you know somebody who you could talk to to try to regain your power. Mm-hmm. So, before Kingdom Hearts 3 officially starts, he travels to Olympus Coliseum to talk to Hercules because he's like, oh, I know somebody who, you know, knows something about regaining power, Hercules. Right. So, he goes to Olympus Coliseum to try to talk to him. You mean Hercules? <laughs> so, anyway, with that, you know, he does all the, you know, all the things to do all the stuff. Meanwhile, Ritu and Mitty are going fully into finding Aqua. Because mm-hmm. she's still trapped in darkness. Yeah. So, the, eventually they find her, but then at this point, Aqua is kind of, unfortunately, fall into darkness, and she's all emo, and she's like, you waited ten years to find me. Also, emo Aqua? <laughs> kind of hot I wish this was a video podcast so people could have seen the face you just did no because I look like a foot but uh but I suppose also, audio representation uh dark aqua <clears throat> <laughs> so I'm a dark romance reader though so I feel like the dark versions of most people they try to free 10 out of 10 they try to free Aqua and eventually Sora ends up finding his way into the realm of darkness to help him out mm-hmm. and with uh, they bring Aqua back to the realm of light well not exactly yet but well yeah they do but they're able to go in, in and out of the realm of light yeah because they kind of go of back darkness. and forth for a while right yeah because they have the ability to go back and forth safely 
So with Aqua now back on their side, uh, Aqua along with Sora ends up going to the you know to Castle Oblivion, which was formerly Land of, Dar- Land of Departure. Right. Aqua turns it back into Land of Departure because she's like, okay, now that I'm you know f- me again, now that I'm freed in, it's time to wake up uh, Ventus. So they go in, but Venetus tries to stop him. But before Venetus can finish off Aqua, uh, Ventus's heart wakes up in Sora because Sora is actually present in the same room as him. Yeah. And with that, he's Sora is able to somehow gain the power of waiting and free Ventus. So Ventus wakes up, uh, fends off Venetus, and you know they're finally reunited. So Aqua and Ventus are reunited again after so long. <laughs> After 10 long years. <laughs> so they come back to... It's been 84 years. So they all come back to uh, Yensid's Tower, and it's actually one of my favorite cutscenes in the whole thing, because they're all like, okay, this is all, you know, we're all together here, we're all together. Yensid is like, Aqua and Ventus, good to have you back. And at one point, Axel was just like, you know, basically represents all Kingdom Hearts fans at this point. And they're just like, I don't know what's going on. He was like, I don't know what's happening here. Because, you know, he sees Ventus, but he's like, Ventus looks like Roxas. I'm going to have to explain this to him. And then my favorite part is, um, uh, you know, so Ventus was like, oh, I can't believe you became a T-Blade wielder just like me, Lee. Because you know he knows Lee, he knows Lee from Back in Birth by Sleep, yeah, from Meridian Garden. And it's funny because Sora's just like Ventus, you know Axel, and he's like, "Who's Axel? Who's Axel?" <laughs> and it's uh, Lee's just like, "See, this is a major headache." And then Jiminy pops up to basically be like, "Oh, I'm giving everybody on my phone so everybody can catch up on who's who and what's what." Ah, yes, the phone, the simplest version of. Yeah, Kingdom Hearts 3 had phones. Are you really about to use your boobs as a fucking might, might stand? Well, now that you like, called keep, me out, I no. keep seeing you try to stuff it in there. I'm like, we'll get a boom mic eventually. I well, gotta get a better mic. I was just trying to... my When I put my anklet back on, it's too loose. So I was just trying um, to adjust it. But I didn't want to be too far away from my mic. Okay, keep talking. So anyway, now at this point, they have... You know, they have Sora, Ritu... Uh, Kyrie, Lee, Aqua, Ventus, and Mickey. Uh, wait, let me tell you. Sora, Ritu, Kyrie, Mickey, Aqua, Ventus. Who so am I forgetting? Sora, Kyrie, Ritu, Mickey, Aqua, Ventus. Yen said? Oh, uh, and I guess... Yeah, whatever. So, little... They basically have six, you know, they have six lights to fight Xehanort's 13 darkness, right? Sure. Which, with the with the real organization, they've kind Which of been... Which kind t- of feels a little racist, <laughs> when you put it that way. With the real organization, they've kind of been tormenting Sora throughout the, the events of Kingdom Hearts 3. Mm-hmm. My favorite being Marluxia and Lord Scene, because they make a reference to... Like Castle Oblivion and stuff that happened in Chain of Memories, and Sora has no fucking clue what they're talking about. <laughs> He's just blissfully unaware of everything going on around him. So they go to the T Blade Graveyard to basically confront Xehanort once and for all, and Xehanort's like, boom, bam, I'm amazed. Try to get me now, bitch. 
He said, I think the thing, nah, you trick ass bitch. So as Sora, you go throughout and there are different people that you have to help out. One of the most important, well, they're all pretty important, but so when he meets up with like Aqua and Ventus trying to fight off Terranort, Mm -hmm. uh, eventually uh, Sora ends up, is able to like speak to Terra's heart Mm -hmm. or whatever. And Terra, they're basically able to revert Terranort back to Terra. So. So wait, this whole time Terra's been possessed? Yeah, this whole time Terra's been possessed. So along with normal Xehanort existing, Ansem and, Z- and Xemnas existing, also the Xehanort in Terra's body has existed too. So that's basically one this of the... This man's could give Lord Valdi a run for his money when it comes to Horcruxes. Which is kind of interesting because there's this there's this uh, big bodied creature that usually was with Ansem, but Terranort was able to possess like so a that, golem type of creature? Kind of. But that creature ends up saving Aqua and Ventus from being finished off by Terranort, who we find out is actually the spirit of Terra. Hmm. Uh, so, basically, th- with that creature's help, Sora is able to free Terra's heart, or Terra's heart and release him from Xehanort's control. So, Terran- so Terra is back to himself again. Reunited with Aqua and Ventus, you know they have a good old, good old crisis, and they're all reunited. Mm. And then, well, yeah, because well, it's been like fucking thirty years at this point. So at this point, then he goes to help uh, Lee and Kyrie, who is fighting Xemnas and a mysterious other hooded figure who has a Keyblade. Wonder who that could be. Let me guess. Let me guess. Let me guess. Kyrie. No. Oh. I just said he was helping Tyree. Oh. Why would the hooded figure then be Tyree? <laughs> Surprise, I cloned her, bitch. <laughs> is it Mickey? No. Oh, then who is it? It's, we find out it's Shion. Where the hell did Shion come from? They basically were able to reform her using uh, using a husk or from their, their replica program, which I failed to mention before, but... They did a replica program that basically creates bodies to put hearts into. So, they basically were able to recreate Shion. But then, you know, Sora being the good boy that he is, is able to basically keep her from, you know, free her from Xemnas' control. And as soon as... So, at one point, Xemnas is about to finish off Axel for... Basically, he's finally going to get his revenge on Axel for betraying the organization. Mm-hmm. Out of nowhere, because of one of these husks, who pops up? But Roxas. Basically, my sweet baby boy. Sora is able to free Roxas's heart too, and Roxas's heart finds one of the husks and is able to join the fight. So now Roxas is actually finally his own person. He's a real boy. So I love that scene too because you know after the whole fight, Sora's is like, oh, "Okay, I'm gonna go help these other people," and. Acts her Lee, Shion, and uh, Roxas have a moment, and Shion ends up crying. Roxas kind of cries, and Lee kind of cries. <laughs> it's all very emotional. Like, ah, who's cutting these damn onions? Get these onions out of here. Somebody put tears in my eyes. Uh, there's another, there's another fight eventually. 
Sora ends up helping Riku and Mickey too, but there's no real big importance to that. Yeah. Other than the fact that at some point, one of the people you fight is Zidbar, but Zidbar ends up basically, you know, piecing out instead of just getting, you know, fading away like everyone else. So everyone that Sora defeats, they kind of, you know, they go away bit by bit, kind of, you know, the Voldemort way in Deathly Hollows. Yeah. But Zidbar kind of just disappears. Like, he kind of, he hops up on a cliff and then just falls off and, like, disappears. You don't see him fade away at all. Uh, the other thing with, uh, I'm, I feel like I'm forgetting something. <laughs> Which is odd to say. Well, I'm sure when this, we get to the next point. game, you'll be like, oh, and remember, oh, and by the way, back in number three. There's, there is a thing with Ritu and uh, Mitty. So, Ritu ends up basically beating, uh... You know, this guy with the help of the replica version of him that's still in his heart. Right. Because there's a dark version of him from when he was possessed by Anthem back in Kingdom Hearts 1 that's still been with him. It's basically, he's a good guy, but he's kind of been with him ever since. Mm-hmm. And uh, he defeats, I believe he defeats Vanitas. Okay. So, or no, he defeats... The bet, you know, his evil version of him. So the good, the the good Riku replica. So, so the good Riku clone defeats so there's the a bad, bad Riku clone. So basically, during this whole thing, the real organization, they're somehow able to also reform the evil version of Riku mm-hmm. from Kingdom Hearts One. So they do that, and so Riku, along with you know the good Riku, the good version of him the good Ritu replica this is way too complicated ends up defeating them and the That's evil Ritu said it was replica convoluted and the evil Ritu replica ends up turning back into like just a just a husk just a just like a mannequin just like a body so then good Ritu replica who's like a spirit now mm-hmm. takes the body and is like I know where this body should go and takes off hmm. okay so eventually they get to Xehanort and you know, whatnot, and they defeat Xemnas and Ansem, and Sora ends up, well, he battles Xehanort, but then Xehanort, you know, almost defeats him, but then Mickey stops time and is like, hey, we can use Xehanort's heart as a portal to try to finish him off once and for all. Mm -hmm. So they dive into Xehanort's heart and end up in Stella at Kylum, which used to be the home for Keyblade wielders and where young Xehanort and Ericus trained and lived as boys. Okay. So, in there you fight you fight Xehanort and Sora's just like, give it up, you lost. And Xehanort kind of explains this whole thing about why he wants to purge Kingdom Hearts or he wants to purge the world of like darkness and everything and basically start over. Yeah. So, Sora's just like, okay, well... If somebody's going to do it, you're not the one. Right. <laughs> you're not that guy, buddy. You're not that guy. You're not the one, the two, or the three. So, eventually, Tesora went into this alone, mm-hmm. while everyone else kind of kept Kingdom Hearts from collapsing. Mm-hmm. And everyone else were able to kind of hold off Kingdom Hearts for a while. So, they're like, okay, let's do a help out Sora. So, they pop up in Starlight Time, too. And, uh, you know, they're all like, oh, hey, you know, we finally did it. We finally defeated Xehanort. And... Tara ends up looking at Xehanort and is like, hey, 
I'm going to finally confront you because of what you did to me back in Birth by Sleep. Mm -hmm. And as he's talking, we find out that it's not Terra himself talking to Xehanort. It's the spirit of, Mar of Ericus. Oh, plot twist. Because Ericus's heart was was in Terra this entire time. We find out. So Ericus kind of pops out and talks to Xehanort and is just like, hey, buddy, stop. It's over. Just also, stop. fuck you for everything. So he basically convinces Xehanort to just give it up. So he has he has the, the exploit at this point, right? That he was going to use to purge Kingdom Hearts, but Eric just convince him, convinces him to stop everything. Right. And Xehanort willingly is like, okay, you know, you know I, I get it. Hands, hands this powerful T-Blade over to Sora. Yes, give the powerful blade to the child. <laughs> so with that who wasn't even supposed to be a keyblade wielder to begin with <laughs> so Eritus and Xehanort you know kind of write this out and they're like Eritus is just like are you ready old friend ready and then there's a big flash of light and they turn back to their boyfriends and they they fade away they fly Aww. away you know happy ever after and Sora along with everyone else uses the you know they use their keyblades he uses the X-blade to restore Kingdom Hearts mm -hmm. and basically, you know, bring everything back to normal. But I should have also mentioned before they did this whole dive, Xehanort had kidnapped Kyrie mm -hmm. and used that to get give Sora incentive to fight him. Right. He killed off Kyrie. So yeah, he ended up killing off Kyrie in this whole process. So after they restore everything, they're like, Oh yeah, everything's back to normal and Sora's like, not quite. Tyree's still, you know, I still have to save Tyree. So that kind of goes in, it, it explains that whole thing in the Remind DLC for mm -hmm. Kingdom Hearts 3. Because during the whole thing, during the whole ending part, he was diving into people's hearts to save them. Because there's at one point where everybody just gets finished off, just gets KO'd. Every time you say that, I just imagine him diving off a diving board into a literal heart. I <laughs> just, boing! But it's basically that, except instead of an, a literal heart, it's more like a stained glass window. Hmm. But basically, he was going around freeing everyone's hearts, and then the Reman Dilacy explains that uh, when he went into Xehanort's heart, part of what he did is also gathered fragments of uh, Kyrie's heart. Hmm. And he goes into, like this place called the final world in order to restore the last of Kyrie. Mm -hmm. And then we did, you know, whatever the Xehanort, blah, 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 you know, blah, blah, the ending parts of, uh, Kingdom Hearts three. Right. So, and then during, before the credits in a cutscene, it kind of explains, it shows what happens afterwards. Mm -hmm. So Aqua Terra and Ventus go back to the land of departure and they have uh, Eric's T-Blade kind of stand up as like a tombstone and they put like flowers and their wayfinders that they made on the thing to pay respects. Mm -hmm. And there's there is also a uh, a world that Sora visited when he basically almost died called the Final World, mm -hmm. which he met a, a little uh, character named Chirithi, mm -hmm. who was a thing from way back in like Union Cross and back over and stuff. Mm -hmm. So it's like the people that played that, you know, they know if you know, you know. Mm -hmm. And so the Remind it's like DLC. a little nod to the OGs. The Remind DLC kind of changes the whole ending cutscene. So 
when they're doing that and they go back to the like the castle in Atlanta departure, mm-hmm. you just see Sora uh, influence Chirithi to uh, you know show himself and confront Ventus because they used to be buddies all the way back. So he reunites this little this little guy with Ventus. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then what else? So we also see we go back to Twilight Town and see. Uh, Roxas, Shion, and Lee, you know, hanging out again. They're the normal people. Stop. Along with Hainer, Pentanolette, and a reformed Isa. Because, you know, Syax was defeated, so he's yeah. now, he's now Isa again. He's now, him, because him and Axel were best friends. Mm-hmm. And, you know, now they're, they're reunited again. Mm. And then we go into a thing where they're all having fun in Destiny Islands. And then we see, like, on the this tree or whatever, Sora and Kyrie are sitting together, and he says something or whatever, and you see a tear come down Kyrie's face, and then uh, it zooms out and you see Sora fade away. Mm-hmm. Because he was warned to in order to save Kyrie that if he overused the power of waiting, it could have catastrophic effects. Sure. Which we obviously see because <laughs> he faded yeah. away. But, and then, during this whole time, too, they use... So, remember when I said the good Riku Replica took the body and said, I know somebody who needs it? Mm-hmm. He used that to reform Namine into her own person, too. So, Namine now exists as her own person. And Riku end up, ends up uh, picking her up from Radiant Garden. Mm-hmm. So, with that... So, there's the ending of that. That and then there's like a secret ending where we see Sora wake up in the city. Mm-hmm. And that kind of, I don't know if it on your list there, if it anything so after that. On my list, we have a year later and over a one to three day time period, we have Melody of Memory. So, Melody of Memory during that is when the people who are redepleted from the organization, uh, like Enzo and them, mm-hmm. are analyzing Tyree's memories. To try to find out what happened with Sora, because you know he faded away, and at the same time, Ritu had explained already in a secret ending in three that he had been having dreams of a of a city, the same city that Sora woke up in. So, during Melody of Memory, they're analyzing her memories, and then eventually, Tyree Tyree ends up in the final world too and confronts Xehanort again. And mm-hmm. with that, Xehanort basically kind of clues her in to where Sora might be. And Sora, or Tyree wakes up, and they're like, and she explains to the, you know, the people there, like, hey, this is what uh, Xehanort and my memories told me, you know, the thing about the city. And then Riku was like, huh, weird. I've had dreams about a city. And so they figured out, like, okay, this is where Sora might have ended up. Mm-hmm. And then the fairy godmother... <laughs> from Cinderella. The fairy godmother. Shows up and she's like, oh, hey, you know, there's, you know, there's actually three T's to finding out where Sora is. We already have Riku and Terry figured out, so there's one other person we need to find Sora. And, you know, they so they go to the final world and find this this star or whatever, this little glittering star that's supposed to be like a, somebody who is kind of on the verge of neither life or death and mm-hmm. kind of just hanging in there. And so they asked like her, like... Like a limbo-type situation? Yeah, so they're like, hey, we need to find our friend Sora. 
this is where we think you might be. There's a place with uh, cities. And this person is like, oh, you mean Quadratum. So they're like, oh, okay, well, how do we get there? And Riku uses his power waiting to get into this person's heart and open up a portal to Quadratum. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of where we leave off with Melody and Memory. So is that going to tie into 4 then, probably? Yeah, so 4 is basically going to be Quadratum, and basically, you know, that's where Sora is right now. That's where Riku is going. And I, I guess we have to wait till 4 comes out to be like, okay, how is Sora going to get out of Quadratum? Because they find out that Quadratum basically doesn't exist. It exists in an entirely separate reality from what they already know. Because there's the the world of light, the world of dark, and uh, in between, which was like the sleeping worlds and like mm-hmm. the data worlds and stuff. Mm-hmm. And they basically figure that Quadronum is a reality outside of their own realm. Hmm. And because Riku went to use the power of waiting on that person in the final world, that's his way. That was his way in. Right. So. What happens in Kingdom Hearts 4? I don't know, but that's where we're starting off. We can least. only speculate. And the only other thing to add to the story is Missing Link, but it has not come out yet, so there's no telling like where exactly it fits. Mm-hmm. I heard it's supposed to be like after the events of Dark Road. So it's still like way back in the timeline, but it's after the events of Dark Road and stuff. Which is just going to confuse me even more because they're releasing a new game that's essentially taking place 200 plus years in the past. You know what's even more confusing? All these games are not on the same console. Yeah, I don't love that either. Like, one was on the PS2, Chain of Memories was Game Boy Advance, two went back to the PS2. So, if theoretically speaking, if you just played, like, the title only, like, Kingdom Hearts 1, Kingdom Hearts 2, Kingdom Hearts 3... You would have no idea what the fuck is going on. Uh, Kingdom Hearts you, 3 kind of has a little, a little like summary stuff, but... But you almost need the context of all the other games to figure out... Yeah, it doesn't tell you everything, and the, the recaps that 3 has are very vague. Right. So, yeah, you get some information, but not a lot without at least playing or looking into the story of everything else. What they need to do is just combine all the games into, like, four long-ass movies. Basically. And then I can sit and watch them, and then I can be like, ah, yes, now I understand. I mean, they did that with two of them, because with the remixes, they couldn't replicate the gameplay. Well, and I feel like, was it Dream Drop Distance, or was it 358 over two days that was kind of just essentially a playable movie? Uh, it was 358 over two days and recorded, because at least on the version I have, like I said, they couldn't replicate the gameplay, so they just turned everything into a big cutscene. They did the same thing with uh, 2.8 Final Chapter Prologue in, uh, with Backcover, because oh, okay. Backcover was a mobile game, but obviously a uh, mobile game doesn't really, that doesn't translate, translate well to, to PS4, yeah. so they just included all the cutscenes. Makes sense. So, yeah, there's that. Yeah, like none of these came on the same console. A lot of them were like PS2, Nintendo 3DS. They were kind of all over the place. A lot of them were, especially like back over stuff, were mobile games. But why though? And Missing Link is going to be another mobile game. But why though? Because Nomura is a psychopath. Because he's a mad bastard genius. Tatsuya Nomura <laughs> is a goddamn psychopath. Um, but yeah, that's, I mean, 
after an hour and a half, that's basically the whole timeline of Kingdom Hearts. Is there anything else that you are wondering about that I might have missed out on? You know what? If I think about it, we can talk about it next week. Because honestly, after this hour and a half of information, I'm fried. <laughs> the only thing I could, the only more information I could give you is actually letting you play the game. Nothing. Or, or play a game. I'll continue to like. I'll continue to watch you play. The only Although, game I physically play are the Zelda games and Undertale. I feel like you would like two. I mean, there is a beginner mode for two, which I feel like would be you know good for you because I mean, I mean, don't I'm not think, a hashtag gamer girl. I mean, don't think beginner mode is easy in the slightest. I mean, there were other ones where I did beginner mode just for the hell of it, and I found myself struggling even a little bit. Yeah. But. I guess, yeah, with that, that's... Any more any more questions, or do you want to save that for another time? I'll save that for next week. Alrighty, well, I, I guess with that... Huh? I said if I think of any. Oh, okay. Oh, God, I'm sweating. I think that's going to do it for this episode. Yeah, I'm CB, and I need to EB. Yeah, I need I need to sleep, too. Like, that was that was a lot. That, <laughs> that was took, a lot. That took it out of me, and all I had to do was sit here and listen. You know what's sad? I watched a story summary for this, you know, before this to kind of get a thing. This video is only 36 minutes. I was going to say, for reference, this video is 36 minutes and 10 seconds, and we are... We're currently at, like, just about an hour and a half. Yeah. Uh, but yeah. Do you feel like you know Kingdom Hearts a little better? I feel like... First of all, let me just say, you did an excellent job summarizing... I feel like now I have enough information that I could fake my way through a conversation with a stranger. Yeah. <laughs> but if I'm being 100% honest, I still know about as much as I knew when I started. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, uh, just with that, you know, we'll see what next week brings for Kingdom Hearts content. But with that, I think that's going to do it for this episode. Uh, make sure you, you know, do all the things that do all the stuff on social medias linked in the description. Drink plenty of water, do positive things out there. I've been Cameron. I've been Kate. And as always, we'll see you in the next one. Nerds out. Nerd out.